This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. We are in the midst of a changing world of sport, particularly the world of amateur sport and competition. And at the center of that high-performance Canadian cyclist and transgender woman, Kristen Worley. She's the first person ever to successfully sue the International Olympic Committee for a human rights violation and against all odds competed to be an Olympic athlete. Her new book is called Woman Enough, How a Boy Became a Woman and Changed the World of Sport. And Kristen Worley joins us now. Kristen, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, wonderful, Simi. Thank you for inviting me to come on today. Oh, tell me about the book then. What was the process like writing this? Uh, it, was, it was actually an incredible journey because actually as much as the book is about my, my time through sport, it's actually a timeline of my life in, in talking much about, um, which I think a lot of people can touch upon, is the, you know, finding your identity through your life. And, and it, sport played a big part of that for me um, as, a, as an adopted child from New Zealand and, um, and how it acted as a, as a, and I, uh, for me, as I was going through my identity issues as a child, helping me to deal with issues of bullying um, and kind of under, becoming to understand myself and, my, and who I am. Um, because back in those days, um, we didn't have a lot of language around gender, let alone the issues around sexuality in our, in our society at that time. So for me, it was very much, uh, you're very much on your own. And so, um, and also within my family, there wasn't a lot of, we didn't have a lot of direction. So sport played a role where it enabled me to have an identity um, mm. at a very young age, um, to being able me to manage my, my diversity as I was coming to learn more and more about myself. Yeah, when did you decide or when did you realize that you wanted to compete? Well, I, I was always competing in my life. Like as a, as a young person, I was always competing in sport from about age seven, um, sorry, from about age 10, grade, like grade, around grades, grades five, six, seven. Um, and as I discussed in the book, was talking about how I learned how to run and learned how to run quickly, you know, in around age, um, around 12, 13. And I was, became, where I was able to create an identity away from my, where I was getting bullied at school, um, where people could accept me and my peers could accept me. Um, and then I went on to a career in water skiing before my career in cycling um, at the international levels and competing for Canada at the World Championships. And then at a later date is where I decided I wanted, where water skiing was an Olympic affiliated sport, but it was not uh, an Olympic event. Um, so I was always wanted to go to the Olympic Games and chose a sport which became cycling, as, a, as which I cross trained for my my um, uh, for my water skiing at the right. time. When did you start yeah. to run into obstacles and realize that listen, you were going to have to fight harder than everybody else to compete? Oh, from <laughs> pretty much from. Um, after, it was after my transition because actually I transitioned. Um, I actually broke my pelvis um, when I came into the sport of cycling at a competitive level, um, and I actually um, decided at that point because the severity of my of my the, the break of my pelvis. I never thought I'd let alone ride a bike, let alone do sport again. And um, so I actually went back to school because I actually took time away. Um, uh, many of my friends had gone on to university at the time, um, and, and, the, and the regular, you know, a regular structure way um, of schooling in Canada. But I delayed my university moves because of my um, interest in high performance sport um, and wanting to go to the Olympic Games. So I actually delayed delayed it at that time, and I actually transitioned in that time. So it's almost like for me, it's almost like it was like somebody was putting the brakes on for me, and saying, "You've got to go through this life experience mm-hmm. before you can get on to your next level in sport." 
So kind of, I kind of look at that with my with the with the, um, the breaking of my pelvis because when I then decided to um, come back into sport, it wasn't an easy decision because it was after several years, um, and it became an issue for um, when I got involved with a young girl from um, at the time, which many of your listeners may remember in Vancouver, uh, Michelle Dumarask, who right. was a downhill mountain biker back in the early 2000s. And the sporting community came to me um, for help at that time because they knew I'd, I'd been through a transition myself. And what was that like then? You probably thought, oh, okay, this is what this is the next obstacle, right? But then this obstacle proved it, to be pretty big. It was a, it, absolutely, and I, I realized at the time with Michelle that the the because we saw in the media, we saw it in sport, not really not knowing how to deal with athletes who have been through transition. And I realized, um, which I realize now, is kind of the the story for me became, I realized that my, my journey was going to be much more than just being an athlete trying to win medals for my country. It actually became more of a, a, a process to where I became kind of the, the educator um, in, in this space and being able through my, my journey um, through uh, afterwards and deciding to come back to cycling um, would be would then 10 years, who would ever thought like 10, 15 years later um, to be where we are now in the, in the international system of sport through my journey being um, the challenges that I went through um, and the oppression I went through through here in Canada and internationally um, that impacted my health and my ability to compete um, uh, ended up being uh, now lending, leading the guidelines and the principles of human rights in, in, the, in the global sports system for all athletes. Well, and what was that like for you? Like in the heat of all of that and that fight and that debate, that discussion, it must have been very difficult for you. In, in terms of which which part are you thinking of? Well, I'm thinking of like yeah, you know, you've got people fighting against your ability, right, to compete. You just want to compete. You just want to do what you've always done. And you've got people telling you no, you can't, and it's turning into this big right. huge thing. What was that like? Uh, it was it was um, it was a it was a big thing to take on because the system of sport here in Canada internationally is run through the the Olympic movement, and there's a function what we call the autonomy of sport, and so. The IOC had created policies, which we now know um, through the legal piece that we worked on here in Canada, which became the kind of the foundation of this discussion, is that their policies were being created by an institution, a private institution in Europe, or in Switzerland in this case, being then policies being put out to 206 nations under the Olympic movement um, as being the directive of athletes' participation in, 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 in sport, let alone in Canadian sport. So you had people who thought the IOC had done their homework and had done their research. And, and in terms of the direction to which I was gender tested and, and, and put through several violations, um, that you, we realized that the people that were actually in, in thinking that they were doing right were doing great wrong because there was no science and research. And, and the research to what they had thought was the case was completely 180 degrees to the reality. So there's a multitude of factors here. Um, that became highly complex, but I knew at the time, and I'd met many athletes on my own journey from around the world, um, you know, who are less fortunate countries in areas of South Asia, India, um, South Africa, um, South America, and some Malaysian nations, um, where women were being violated horribly. And I, I just realized at that point in time as my, kind of my next step, because I ended up working with some of the best experts in the world, because um, I knew this was wrong. And I needed, and, and from my experience, I was able to kind of find that language and that commonality to pull some of the best experts in the world together mm-hmm. to be able to talk about this in a way that is that creates a place of engagement for everybody. Right. And where we've been successful right now. So the issue is, 
And that's that's where we've come to now because now we've actually, through the piece which we were successful here in Toronto, in terms of the legal piece that we brought outside of the court of arbitration in Switzerland, which is the sport court, um, which is an arbitration body. It's not a civil court of law, um, and it, where the IOC is dependent on, on, on where there's no civil liability to them. We were successful to bring them in Toronto to discuss these matters with the, with the world, with world cycling, which is the union cycling international, mm-hmm. um, and, and our Canadian sporting system to Toronto to really illustrate what the issues really were. And, and at that point in time, the IOC saw this as a sport issue, but actually we were able to walk them through the science and the research that they didn't have and enabled us to actually show them why this was a human rights violation. Well, I'm sure this is just one of many great and inspiring stories in your book. So, Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. Simi, thanks so much, and I, I really appreciate the opportunity. And absolutely, there's, there's, it's, a much more, it's a much bigger story, and it's really about encapsulating about us all individually and in, in, in searching for our own personal identities. Well, th- um, so this is, just, this is just one aspect of the book. So, well, thank you yeah. so much for your time today. You bet. Thank you so much. That's Kristen Worley, who is an athlete and author. Her book is called Woman Enough, How a Boy Became a Woman and Changed the World of Sport. And it is available now.